This is our second lab on 1 Peter 1, 3 through 5. So, Father, as we look now deeper into what the new birth actually produces in us and the abiding effect that it has on our lives in this world and into eternity, give us eyes to see what is really here. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. According to his great mercy, he has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, to an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading, kept in heaven for you, who by God's power are being guarded through faith for a salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. And so by way of summary, we saw uh, in the first session on this unit that this cry right here from Peter's heart shows that worship is the proper response to what is coming. He blesses God, praises God, thanks God. And if we are indifferent to the things we see here, no matter how accurately we think we understand them, we're missing the reality. And second, we saw that this this phrase, the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, is to make sure that we all know that the God we're talking about is not a generic God of all religions, but the God who came in, uh, came into the world as Jesus Christ, and Jesus owned him, knew him uniquely as his Father, and was crucified, according to John 5, 18, because in calling God his Father in the way he did, he was making himself equal with God. And so we don't treat God as a generic God of all the religions. It's only those who own Jesus Christ as Lord who know the true and living God. And then we saw that the new birth, born again, happens because of God's great mercy. We're given spiritual life according to God's great mercy, not because of our merit or even our faith. And now we continue. He has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. So what, what happens in the new birth experientially? We are given hope. Hope is created in the human heart in new birth. The new birth is a birth of hope. And it's not hope in man. It's not hope in money. It's not hope in our successful career. It is hope in God who raised Jesus from the dead. So the difference between a born-again person and a non-born-again person is that we have a hope as people who are born again, and we, we live in this hope. This hope drives us. It colors all we do, as we'll see in the verses to come. We are enabled to live a different way because of this hope. So new birth produces hope or faith. Faith is the, the substance of things hoped for. Hope is faith in the future tense. And so faith and hope are awakened in the new birth. Why is it called a living hope? 
Well, just stay with the context here and think about it. We have just been born like a baby. Wah, wah, wah. And, and the wah, wah, wah of the newborn baby is, I'm hoping, I'm hoping, I'm hoping in, in Jesus. And therefore, we are alive because we've just been born. Our hope is living hope because we, we were dead and now we are alive. So he's making the connection between the birth here and the fact that we are alive and because we're alive have living hope. And then if you go forward and see that the hope uh, and the new birth comes about through the resurrection of Jesus Christ, well, this resurrection is the defeat of death and the securing of life. So whether we look back to our origin in the new birth or whether we look forward to what's coming, namely that Jesus defeated death for us by rising from the dead, we have a living hope because we're alive and we're hoping to be alive forever because Jesus rose from the dead to an inheritance that is imperishable. So we're born again to a living hope, and then he pauses and says, and we're born again to an inheritance. So what's the, what's the difference? Well, this living hope is, this is subjective. This is in our hearts. We have a living hope in our hearts. This is objective out there in the future that is imperishable, undefiled, unfading, kept in heaven kept in heaven. So this hope that we're born again to, to a living hope, is in our hearts. This inheritance that we're born again to is in heaven where God is keeping it for us. It won't perish. It won't be defiled. It'll never fade. It'll never become boring or something we don't want or aren't interested in. And it's being kept there very secure for us. Remember, Jesus said, um, Lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, not on the earth, where moth and rust uh, corrupt and thieves break in and steal, but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moth and rust do not corrupt and thieves do not break in and steal. In other words, God is preserving our infinitely valuable inheritance in heaven so that nothing can ruin it, defile it, cause it to fade or take it away. He's keeping it for us. It is absolutely secure. That's surely the emphasis here. It is secure. It will not be ruined or taken away. And then, so so good, who, to an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, unfading, kept in heaven for you, who, by God's power, are what? being guarded, or you could say being kept. So here, the in, the inheritance is being kept, right? The inheritance is being kept, and here, we are being kept. We are being guarded, because there are two ways we could miss out. If we got there and there was nothing there that we want, nothing satisfying, nothing we're interested in, no life that would thrill us for eternity, that would be horrible. Or if we fail to get there because our faith failed. But God's power is at work to keep our faith 
from failing. I will not let your faith fail. He who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the last day. God's own people, remember, he's writing to the elect exiles of the dispersion. God's elect have a faith that by his power never fails. And we are being guarded for a salvation, which I think is another way of referring to this inheritance here. So for a salvation, for that inheritance, that all-satisfying inheritance, which is now called a salvation because it's a rescue from its opposite, which is a destruction and poverty forever in hell, and it is going to be revealed in the last time. One other observation that I almost overlooked. The reason inheritance here, I think, is uh, it mentioned is because our Father has just caused us to be born. <laughs> he caused us to be born again. And if we've just been born by a father, we've been born into his family. And what do you get if you're born into a family? You get an inheritance. And so this inheritance is the very inheritance of God. And so let's, uh, let's sum it up down here with um, mercy from God produces new birth, which produces living hope in uh, an objective, unshakable, never-fading inheritance, and thus we are being kept by God and are secure, and thus we say, blessed be God, and we're brought to worship and praise.